Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. You know, this week, and as we celebrate the month of April, although we're, you know, it's a holy month for us, we have Easter, which is coming up, our Jewish brethren have Passover coming up. In the secular world, what we have this month is Financial Literacy Month and Autism Awareness Month. And so I invited two guests for today, uh, both partners of mine over at CNA Financial Group. So my one partner, Jim Sheppis. So Jim, welcome. Pleasure to Thank have you, you on Frank. the show. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure. And also my other partner over at CNA Financial Group, David Suki. Dave, as usual, always great to have you on the show. Welcome. Pleasure to be with both of you. So we're going to start just with a little conversation about autism. Um, I don't know a lot about it. Um, my partner, Jim, has some insights on it that he can share. But it was interesting when I was preparing for the show, you know, I went on to the Internet because you, you, know, you can find everything on the Internet. And, you know, I was like, what is the percentage of population, you know, with regard to children that are, you know, ending up with autism nowadays? So as I'm Googling it, I see a CNN um, news and I look in there and it says this, the CDC, which is, you know, where they, you know, look at all these statistics for birth defects and everything else and uh, learning disabilities Two years ago, it was interesting when I saw this because I was a little shocked, it said that one in 88 children born are going to be diagnosed or have been diagnosed with autism. Today, the number is one in 68. So it's interesting when I look at that, it does, it, where normally you would see something where if it's a development disability or something like that, you would see that things would get better and better the more that you know about it. I'm looking and goes like, why is the numbers getting worse? So it's, it's very interesting and it's very challenging. So as we just take a few minutes as we recognize autism this month and so forth, I know, Jim, you've had some insights over the years. You've worked with people, you know, and so forth that have children. So maybe you could just share some insights, you know, for sure, some of our Frank. listeners. Well, my insights go deep because, you know, this is a subject very near and dear to my heart. My 20, almost 22-year-old son uh, has autism, and he was diagnosed when he was about two and a half years old. Back then, Frank. The statistics, I believe I have this right, were 1 in 10,000 wow. back in the early 90s. Wow. The incidents of autism are off the chart. Nobody really knows what that's about. There's a lot of theories. Cocktail inoculations of shots when they're babies is a theory. Uh, environmental is a theory. The real answer is nobody knows. And for parents of autistic kids... Sometimes it doesn't even matter because you're just living with what you have. Yeah. And um, so that, that's the statistics. It's incredible uh, what has happened over the years with this. So um, at this point, nobody knows – nobody's untouched by this, whether it's a relative, whether it's in their immediate family, whether it's a friend, an associate, or a business partner. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, well, when you get down to you know, nowadays, it's 1 in 68. It's like – if that starts hitting close to home. It's really prevalent. It's really prevalent. So what I'll do, Frank, is just give you a little insight on what autism is and the forms that it can take. So if you pictured in your mind, it can be one of three things, communicative, behavioral issues, or social issues. So you have three moving parts with autism. And in any of those three moving parts, somebody can be very slight in one of them, more severe or moderate in the other two, or severe in all three, or very slight 
in all three or moderate in all three. So you're getting the point. The permutations and combinations of how people are affected by this affliction uh, is really a wide spectrum. So nowadays the diagnosis for autism is actually called autistic spectrum disorder. Back when my son was diagnosed, they called it PDD, pervasive developmental disorder. And then later on you find out that that means autism. So you don't know it immediately. But now they pretty much tell you up front what you have. Uh, The best thing, the best insight that I could offer for anybody that has this in their immediate family or a friend is encourage people to get help for their child really early, really quickly. The sooner you get to this, the more chance that that individual has the opportunity to having somewhat of what you would call a typical life. Mm -hmm. Okay, you'll never be out of the woods completely. You won't. It's just the way it is. But you've met my son. He's fantastic. He really is. Yeah, he's interned with us. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we had a blast with him here while he's here. And of recent, and I'm so proud, I mean... He got his license, so he's driving. And Amazing. He, you know, awesome. He's doing phenomenal. Driver's license, graduated from a two-year technical college, and if you knew him back then, he's which working. you didn't, and great. he's working, has a job, uh, he is on the, he's on the cusp of being uh, completely independent, and if you'd have known him at two, two and a half, three, this boy didn't say a word until mm. he was six years old. Well, he's very and, smart. And he's a smart kid, so very smart. there's hope. So thank you, Jim. Well, Good stuff, well, Jim. So – you know, as you know, we look at it and we celebrate Autism Awareness Month, I always say that, you know, when we look at organizations and we look at, you know, uh, issues people are having, I would really encourage people that through the month of April is, you know, look up, look into the, you know, autism awareness, make a contribution. You know, money goes a long ways towards help and research and helping people that are in need with that. So, you know, and just celebrating it, and we'll bring it up on each show is, you know, don't forget, you know, in your prayers, you know, autism awareness for any of the families that are going through it, okay, for any of the children that have it, and also financially, if you can help support them a little bit, that would be a terrific thing. So as we now get into the second part of our show, which is where we're going to talk about financial literacy through the month of April, you know, Proverbs says, of what use is money in the hand of fools when they don't have the heart to acquire wisdom. So what we're going to try to impart on all of our listeners this month is a little bit of wisdom on money and the reality and, you know, where it kind of fits in your life. And when I say where it fits in your life, always remember that when you listen to the show, it's called Discovering Responsible Wealth. And when we talk about Discovering Responsible Wealth, I always say, you know, we got the wealth building blocks, which is, you know, we talk about your faith and your spirituality we talk about family and, you know, your relationships. We talk about your health. Then we talk about purpose and your career and what you do. And then the last one that we always talk about is money. Although, you know, when people think in terms of wealth, they're always thinking, oh, it's about money. So when we talk about financial literacy, you know, I always say make sure money's in its right place. It shouldn't be everything that your life is all about. You know, it shouldn't become a God in your life, in which case then it's going to be a serious problem. It never worked for anybody. Scripturally, it never has. <laughs> okay, so you sh- shall not have any other God. Okay, remember that. So with that being said, I think the easiest place to understand how money really works and where it, where it comes from is it comes from, you know, what I refer to as value. 
And so maybe Dave will have a little conversation on this. Jim, you're welcome to chime in any point. You know, but the reality is, is that the greater value that someone provides to us, the more financially that's worth to us. So as an example, you know, and I was teaching a class earlier this week, and I said, let's look at it this way. Uh, physicians often have very good incomes, and rightfully so, because the value that they provide to us is I'm sick, I'm dying, I've got medical issues, and I go to them, and based upon their education, their skill sets, their unique abilities, they're able to help me to get back to the life that I want, they should be well compensated for that. And if I took a, even a simpler term, if I was in a desert, okay, and I was dying of water, okay, I'm sorry, dying of thirst, and it's funny as right now there's this commercial out where these guys are walking through the desert, and all of a sudden, I'm not sure. It's a car commercial. It's, for a, car, it's a car commercial for Fiat. Yes. It's Fiat four door. Yes. Okay. This is not a commercial for Fiat, although it is an Italian <laughs> car, and I am Italian, so <laughs> so much the better. But what happens is, is they come up to them, and they go, hey, guys, you want some water? And the one guy, it's a mirage. Okay. And the reality is that they're dying you know, of thirst, and here's a way to look at this. If I'm in a place where water is abundant and it's all over and somebody offers me water, eh, it's no big deal. So it has a little value to me at that point because it's in abundance. However, when I'm in the desert and there is no water to be found, how much would I pay for it? I'd pay everything for it. If it would, you know. So that's really what we're looking at. So with that in mind, we always say that the best investment you could ever make is the investment in yourself. So maybe, Dave, at this point, I'll let you kind of pick this up and just talk about what we mean by that you know, as it relates to you know, creating wealth the investment in ourselves and so forth, and just share some of your thoughts on it because, you know, you and I have worked together a long time. You've heard me teaching classes well, on this, so. Yeah, Frank, I have, and I'd be happy to, to speak about it for um, for those that are listening. It, it If you sit and realize that where did stuff come from? Where did that bottle of water that's you're drinking come from? Where did the microphones we're talking into come from? Where did the lights come from? They came from people's value creation, human beings creating value in some aspect that we now are surrounded by in every moment of our lives. You know, where did your smartphone come from? So the, the thing you start to realize is value, money follows value, right? Always has. Always has. And the more powerful your creation of the value, typically the more wealth that's driven from it. And the wealth can be in a lot of areas as we talk about, right? But that that's really true. I mean, uh, you can have it in relationships. You can have it in your business. And we see it. Obviously, we deal in the financial mar- marketplace. We see it all the time. The, the wealthiest people we see typically are have created the most value in something that they're doing, right? And um, um, uh, so I, I would add this. I learned this a few years back, which is trust times value equals wealth. Good point. Right? So anything in the world that's trusted – has created value, typically has created wealth in large amounts. So when we visit with clients periodically, because you know, this is part of what we always like to share with our listeners, is you know, we might have somebody either driving in the car or listening from home, and they go, but you know, I just work for an organization right. for a living. Right. So you know, I don't kind of get how this applies to me. It's not like I own a business, uh, whatever the case might be. And it won't necessarily be in this show, but, you know, in the following show, we're going to talk about how it relates to investments and so forth. But someone individually might look within and goes like, 
I don't get it. How does that work for me as that individual? You know, what are you saying as far as create value? And, and how is that going to impact my life in particular? Right. So if we are our best investment, are we being the highest version of ourself? Right. And oftentimes, um, if you're honest, we're not. What are we doing to, cre- to, to become the high? Because it all starts internally. So that's where, where I've learned in my It's internal looking, not external looking. So if I'm working at a job in a career that am I fully committed to it? Am I fully reaching my potential? You know, uh, we talk to our little, we talk to children about that, right? Are we doing that in our lives as adults? And what we what we often discover, it's a hard truth, is that we're not. So uh, we may be limiting our value creation potential. And it may not be in that we're going to be the next great inventor. It may just be we're going to be a great teacher in our local school or great financial coach in, in the market community we deal with. Are you the best at what you're doing? You, you know, it's interesting when you, we talk about being the best at what you're doing is, is that, you know, we have a staff at our organization and some of our staff really takes ownership in who they are in the organization. And when I say they take ownership is um, they see things the way that a business owner would, okay, and I appreciate that. And you tend to appreciate that person more than the person that may take something for granted. So as an, it could be as something as little as this is they're walking you know, down the hall in the office and they notice that the lights are on in a particular area, so they shut it off, okay, where you know, nobody's utilizing it. Sure. Or what they notice is, is that you know, we're making lots and lots of copies and they come up and they go, hey, Frank, why don't we you know, maybe do copies on both sides and you know, it might help the company. So that creation of value of what they're doing at your work, and you know, it's interesting, it's like you know, we have God-given abilities, okay? And it's one of those of if we look at everything we have as a gift, then the point is, is that how are we giving back in that? Meaning that are we, and as Dave just said, is are we being the best we could be yeah. with whatever it is? Or do we kind of settle into, I'm just going to go through the motions, get through the day and get through the week and get a check at the end of the week. I traded time for money and I'm good to go. Right, right. And so what we're really saying is, is that the more that you take opportunities to create value for whatever environment you're living or whatever environment that you're working in, sooner or later, okay, hopefully, people will hopefully recognize that and more opportunities will tend to come your way. And even if no opportunity came your way because of that, the fact that you are richer personally because of that and you feel good in who you are and what you're doing and you know you're making the contribution, that may be all the reward that matters. Does that yeah. make sense? It, it does, Frank. And I, I would add this to the thought is they go hand in hand. The value eventually gets noticed and the wealth eventually shows up, whatever that may be, in a, in a more time off, a better position in a company, a, an opportunity with another place, whatever it may be. It does show up. And and that's you got to believe that you got to realize that well, that's, it's a mind. That's a, it's a mindset. I was going to say, and and that's that mindset that you know we talk about all the time, which is we either have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. That's correct. When I have a, a mindset of scarcity, okay, I tend to you know it's like there's not enough whatever going around in the world. I just got to get what's mine, and I may even have that little bit of resentment, bitterness, whatever the case. I'm you know I never get paid enough. I'm always work too hard. Versus that abundance, which is keep get, doing what I should be doing, be that person I should be. It's a, it's a question I would share with everybody. And this occurred as a shift I made, which was as opposed to asking what do I want, what's wanted from me? 
and that mindset of, well, what's wanted from me so that I can serve and create value leads to prosperity. Frank, it leads to greater results. It's proven. I mean, there's just there's plenty of books about it, right? I mean, it's, it's not scriptural. something that I came up with. It's scriptural. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it is. Right? Serve. Yeah. Don't it's be a servant served. mentality. Same thing. Servant mentality. So as we're wrapping up today's show, okay, because you know this whole month again we're going to be talking about financial literacy. We wanted to kick it off today talking about value. We're going to pick it up next week talking about value and how it relates to money. But what I'd like to just share with everybody is is that you know remember it's all a gift. Yeah, you know, they say that what you have has been a gift from God. What you do with that gift is your gift back to God. So that being the case, I'd like to thank our guests today for being with us, our partner, Jim Shepis. Jim, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Frank. Dave, as always, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, this is Frank Congelos. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. If you have any questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.